Hey team, it's Matt Drinkon here. And you might have heard, my brand new book releases on Amazon on March 8th. It's been a labor of love that I think can really help you navigate some of the challenges you're experiencing in your own life. I go over toxic positivity and how to think you're in it for everyone else. In reality, you're in it for yourself. And I express that through this entire book and help learn from our own mistakes and how to turn the lens on ourselves and ask good questions. So go to Amazon on March 8th and you can get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. That's it for me. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Eternal Optimist Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Drinkon. And of course, we have an inspirational guest today. I will call this person a titan of business. And he's done it all in business. We're going to get into maybe a little bit of that. We're really here to hear the narrative of Mr. Jim Gale today and some of the stuff he's overcome in his world, but also where he's leading us in this world. And it's quite inspirational when we get down into what is inspiring to him. It's inspiring me. Without any further ado, I would love to introduce you to my friend, Mr. Jim Gale. Jim, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to share with you and your audience what has transpired. We have a movement that is growing exponentially that will lead, and I know this is tough for people to get, so I would like people to stay with it. It will lead to relative peace on earth. It will end all of the wars because we will take out the fear and the scarcity narrative by providing such massive abundance for ourselves. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's it? Wow. Okay. Get ready, team. We've got a big thinker, a visionary leader here today. This is going to be an exciting conversation, a different conversation. So I invite everyone to really have their antennas up and be curious to new ideas or be curious to the ideas that seem really big. This is a man I'm speaking with now who has dreamed big and made big happen. Everything he's ever touched So he's going to share part of that with us today. And we're going to work on this movement and and help the world today. We're going to heal the world and help the world. So Jim, excited to dive in. Give us a little bit of background. If you got to give us three bullet points, Jim, on who is Jim Gale? Three things about you that you'd like for the audience to know before we dive in deep. Jim Gale is a story. Jim Gale is an AI. Jim Gale is not even anything real. Jim Gale is just the name of the character that I'm playing in this game of life at the moment. Who are we really? We're really much bigger than the individuals that we think we are. Sun Tzu in The Art of War, he said, know thyself, know thy enemy, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. If that's the truth, and we're in the big one, this is the big war, it could be called. The war to end all wars for a thousand years. Sun Tzu said, know thyself first. Who are we? This is a temporary experience, this physical meat suit, this tattered old coat. We are spirit living a divine situation, living a divine game. We're manifesting in the physical. And once we realize that we're more than this, then that can help us leave the fear narrative and the scarcity narrative of governmente, which means mind control, that really has caused so much pain in this world. Wow. What I am feeling right now is I'm feeling that my frequency of energy is dialed in with yours, and I'm feeling genuinely that 
We are these just pure energy beings. And when our energy is aligned, good things happen. And when it's when there's blocks in the energy, when there's cramps in the energy, when there are things that are too painful to face, so we, we move our energy away from others and we try to seclude and, and, and we're afraid, that that is really the basis of where the, all energy flows and where what stops all energy. The governmental part really just triggered me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for this answer, which is unlike any answer I've ever heard. Let's go one step deeper since we talked about you used yep. energy and frequency. Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe or God, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. But there's one word misplaced. Now, that's a powerful statement in and of itself. Hmm. But the one word that's misplaced is the word think. So I'll say it differently. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, if you want to be connected to source, to God, then feel the frequency, the energy, and the vibration. Because feeling is in the moment, and it is the real. It's through the feeling that we connect with all that is. I'm with you. And learning as we go along, this emotional intelligence and being able to feel so it's an area that I feel somewhat armed for battle and ever strengthening my arsenal. What does that mean to you to truly feel in the way that you're talking about? Because I feel that there's something that you can teach us here. Yeah, it's I've been studying this now for over 30 years. It's to take a breath and to be present, right? We've all heard the corny old saying, the present is the gift from God. But the present is really all there is. Everything else is an illusion. And it's in that thinking mind that we get wrapped up in the thought circles and in the narratives of the mind controllers. So the truth is now. The truth is the present. And when we are in the present, that's when the ideas come. If our mind is cluttered, if this is a thought and this is a thought, and the thoughts are completely banging up against each other all the time, which is where most people's minds are. Take a deep breath and let those thoughts expand. Let those thoughts diminish and go into the side. And take a deep breath and feel the now. That's where everything is. And that's where the ideas come. And those ideas are the path to our own salvation and that of the world. I could drink from this chalice all day. And I'd like to ask you. Jim, what's the hardest thing right now that you are going through that you might be able to share with us? Yeah. The hardest thing right now is when I'm not present, and I am mostly present now. I'm not fully present, but I am more present than I used to be. At The hardest thing is when I'm not present and when I'm feeling any type of scarcity. In fact, I was a fairly optimistic guy my whole life until about 17 years ago. And what happened 17 years ago is I red-pilled, I learned what was happening in the world, and I learned that there are evil forces that are intentionally trying to destroy the world. At first, I thought that's crazy because it didn't make sense to my mind. But here's where it got tough for me is I had my first two daughters. I have four daughters. So now it's not just about me battling my own inner demons and evil and whatever that craziness is. But now I became in a place of scarcity because I didn't want my daughters to go grow up in a world of fear and scarcity. First of all, I recognize that the world is being destroyed rapidly with all the poison in our air, our soil, our water, our food is poisonous. I recognize that. And then I went into scarcity. And I spent basically 15 years obsessing 
over the question, how do we change the world? And through that obsession, I've learned a lot. And now I see the path to peace on earth very clearly. Help us on some of these learnings and walk us down the path that you see, Jim. It started out, it was 2007. It was like an expat little coffee shop. And we were all sitting there. There were seven people at the table. There was a former CIA guy. At least he said he was. There was a former New York cop. There's an artist. My dad was a pipe fitter. There's a teacher and a homeless guy all sitting at this table. <laughs> it was amazing. And everybody's telling their life stories about this and that and the other thing. We're just having a beer, a coffee, or a smoothie and just bullshitting. And a guy at the end of the table, he happened to be a drug runner. He flew his ultralight. He flew drugs from Costa Rica to Panama. And his name was Steve. And he said, Jim, did you know 9-11 was an inside job? And his friend, the CIA guy and the New York cop, both agreed with him. And I laughed and I said, You're, that's impossible. It would take too many people to coordinate that and everybody would know about it. I did not understand compartmentalization. I did not recognize at that time that the media is completely controlled by basically one entity. And the entity happens to be called BlackRock. Now, my company is Food Forest Abundance. The intention of the company is in the name of the company. BlackRock is not only the name of the company, it is the intention of the entity that is investing in with our money, with a computer named Aladdin. And by the way, this is public information. The computer that runs the world is named Aladdin. And the computer invests in the poisons and poison producers and centralized control mechanisms of the slave master. And when I started recognizing that, I went through this period of intense study on what is the real problem and how do we overcome this problem? And mm. so I went through waves. In fact, previous to that, I started a mortgage company that did $1.3 billion in revenue in three and a half years from scratch. I bought a boat, lived on the ocean for a year, and then I moved to Costa Rica and I learned this. So I had time and money. And I had about $20 million between cash and my assets. The hardest thing that I've ever experienced was basically 15 years of scarcity-driven obsession. And I went down from 20 million to negative 80,000. That was about three years ago. And now things are incredible again. Wow. Wow. I'm curious. Do you have the time and the money? You're there in 2007. You're there at this coffee shop. You're having this discussion. Now you're shocked and your eyes are starting to open. And you're in a place financially where you've had some type of abundance or success. And then through what happens over the next period of years, you become awake. You also go negative on the money side of it. And there's so many places I'm curious around that. Please paint some of the details and connect some of the dots for us, Jim, on what you learned, on where you invested time, money. Take us down the path some more. I spent 11 years in Costa Rica, and I started several communities, one in Nicaragua and several in Costa Rica. My intention for creating these communities was to demonstrate to the world how community should be. The first thing we did at one of those communities, actually a couple of them, Serenity Gardens and Osamon Village, was we purchased fruit tree nurseries. We bought all of their fruit trees. 
and we started planting food everywhere to create this absolute food producing paradise. Then, and things were rocky as heck in Costa Rica. The real estate market had radically collapsed. It was 2008, 9, 10, and 11. And we were the most successful development in the country at the time. First or second out of hundreds and hundreds of developers. And the Costa Rican government came up and they extorted us. They said, give us $20,000 cash under the table or we're going to shut you down. And it created massive fear and scarcity because we were rocking. Like we were on the up and we were selling, building like 70 homes and things were rocking. When they did that, we said no. And they shut us down. Then we took them to court. And we beat them three court cases in a row in a really profound way. In fact, our primary witness was the guy who wrote the original document that their attorneys had manipulated and signed off on to say that we had damaged the rainforest. When the truth was, we only used 3% of our land for the footprint of our community. The rest of it was kept natural, and even the land that we used was improved because we planted food forests all over it. When we took them to court and we showed the original document with our witness, we won, but the damage was already done. They shut us down in the height of our expansion. And then 2012 came, and here's the next level of awareness that I needed to learn. I was already kind of aware that governments were messed up, but I wasn't that aware until that process. Then it was 2012. We had one community center, one pool, one restaurant. We had parties every week. We had so much fun at this community center. And then the election cycle began. Best friends in the community started fighting with each other because that's what elections do. They divide us and it's all a bunch of BS. I got a call from Derek Bros. The election cycle created this mass chaos and that's their intention. Both sides of this election cycle. In fact, I looked it up. I believe it was McCain and Obama at that time, whoever it was. But when I looked it up, the same investors, Goldman Sachs and all these big bankers, they invested the same amount of money in both sides. Get out of here. And they're all for war and they're all for the Federal Reserve and they're all for big pharma and they're all for all the corruptive systems, the control mechanisms. So I started recognizing that this whole divide and conquer slave strategy was overpowering the whole system. And then I decided with my wife and I, and this was a tough move. She didn't want to come because it's beautiful in Costa Rica. The family's amazing. The nature's amazing. They're healthier in general by far. So I said, babe, we got to move back to the United States because as a gringo in a foreign country with all of the stipulations, I need to move back to a place where I can do business without all of this government harassment, at least not at the lower levels. So that's what got us back seven years ago to the United States here. Man, where do we go? I'll ask you this. The government is trying to extort you. If you could take us back to this is just so shocking to hear. I mean, you you hear the story that the government tries to do that. Is this a person coming to you? Is this an official letter saying you owe fees for the right to be able to be here? Just some BS made up. What does that actually look and feel like the moment that you get word or you have the convo with a guy or girl? What is that like, that place? Our general manager, his name is Jonathan, amazing guy back in Costa Rica. He was approached by one of this guy. He was approached by one of the henchmen for this cartel, basically. And he said, give us 20 grand in cash. 
And Jonathan then talked to Gary and then Gary talked to me and said, Jim, here's what's going on. This is fairly normal. And because we were so successful, they saw money and they wanted money. So they came and we said, no, we actually had several meetings about it because it was a big decision. We brought in some of our other people and we say, here's what's going to happen. And we wanted to be very transparent about what was happening. So we said, here's what's happening. They're extorting money. We have a choice be part of this charade and pay them the cash, which a lot of people do, unfortunately, or fight them. We decided to fight them. It was the only logical way because if we would have paid them once, they would have just kept their hand out, just like any mafia. That's what happened. And it was so stressful because I had my life into this. This was the demonstration model that was going to help spur on freedom for humanity, right? Showing how easy it is to live in pure abundance. What I hate about that at the time was it was crushing, but I would not change a thing because what I learned from that experience led me to the awarenesses that I have now. And it feels like you have taken the pill. You've seen the matrix. You've seen the way that it works now. And it's like in that movie, The Matrix, when Neo sees how things really work, the machines don't like that. And the machines try to come after Neo. And if in this analogy, you are Neo and you've seen things does that make you fear for your safety or your family's safety to say such things? So I have taken this to the next level because I'm all in. There's only one way to win this war. Victor Hugo said there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. What I'm expressing now is the idea that will win the war. And it's pure faith and courage. It's pure demonstration of freedom on every conceivable level. I do not comply with any form of force and violence. I do not publicly, I do not comply with the taxation model. We did not ask for permission to build our houses. And here's the thing. The government hasn't showed up because they don't want this fight public. And if they hurt me or if they come after me in any particular way, then guess what will happen? the fight will be exponentially public thanks to people like you and the hundreds of other podcasters and social media people and TNT Radio and Newsmax and all these entities that are shining a light on this message. If anything happens to me, boom, it's good for the mission that I'm on. Therefore, they want to keep me under wraps. They want to censor me, which is unbelievable. All my YouTube got shut down, my clapper, my TikTok, all these different social media, but that's okay because the message is the idea whose time has come. And here's what that is, by the way. It's so simple too. It's God's design. It's nature. It's enlightenment. So governmente is the problem, which literally means mind control. Governmente means govern the mind control. The opposite of that is a light mente or enlightenment. Now let's take the mysticism out of the most mystical and say that enlightenment is simply a mind free of programming. Okay. That's all it is. It's a mind free of the fear and scarcity narrative of the government, of the his story of lies that we have been told about what's really happening. Let's continue down this path and let's free our minds. If I am in the matrix right yeah. now and I love what I'm hearing from you and I want to be a part or I want to be free, I'm an eternal optimist. And to me, I see that there's always going to be good and the hard stuff is simply here to teach us something that we can use to our advantage to be to the good. So for those who want to be free or those who see that there's some evil, it's reared its ugly head more so in the last few years. 
what do we do next? How do we learn about this mission and yeah. where do we go? I love it. It starts in the hearts and the minds of men and women around the world. So it starts with elevating our awareness to that of spirit, of presence, of source, of health and wellness. That's the first step is let go of fear. Fear is the control mechanism. The next step then, which will come obviously after that, is to take out the poisons, to be aware of and then choose not to ingest poisons and to instead ingest and consume things that add life instead of death. Now, the word choice is almost always misused because the word itself implies an awareness. But if there's not awareness, then there's not choice. So what we must do and what we get to do, because it's joyful on every level, is to shine a light on the solutions and to help people see and become aware of more choices in their own lives, in their own situations. And then to consume poison-free foods, to consume poison-free water, natural, healthy water, to go out and stand barefoot in the sand or in the soil or on your food forest land. And when we achieve mass adoption of this simple thing, and I'll give you a detail, there's about 50 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. The lawn, the American lawn, is the physical foundation of humanity's enslavement. The lawn takes more poisons, more chemicals, more human resources than any other crop, and it does not provide food. It's insane. It's a scam. When Henry Kissinger 50 years ago said, if you want to control people, control food, the lawn and BlackRock, which basically controls the whole poisonous food supply chain, those are the implementations. Those are the tactics of the control mechanism. So instead, let's take 60% of that 50 million acres. Let's take 30 million acres and let's create perennial edible landscapes. The Garden of Eden, which is less maintenance, and this is key. The type of food forest or the type of agriculture I'm talking about is not farming. I am not a farmer and I do not grow food. I build soil and I design food systems into the landscape, into people's backyards. And those food systems are infinitely less maintenance than a lawn and provide exponential food forever, as long as they're not poisoned or taken out. One apple tree, in fact, you can count the seeds in an apple but you cannot count the apples in a single seed. It's exponential. Okay, so here's what I've heard. I've heard that the lawn might be a way of controlling us. So how might someone who's listening to this, oh, I like the idea, so what do I do with that idea? I love what I'm hearing. What's the practical application? Feel free to go granular on us because I'm really interested. <laughs> yes, okay, you got it. There's two kind of polar opposite ways to go about. The first thing is we must decide that we want to be free and that we want to be healthy and that we want to steward this incredible planet that we live on to actually care for mother nature. In fact, the principles of permaculture, the ethics are earth care, people care, and fair share. Share being a voluntary act, not at the point of a gun. So the first step is to decide. Then once you decide, if you want to do it yourself, here's where you start. You go on YouTube and you look up permaculture for your zone. And let's say you're broke. Let's say you don't have any extra money. Then you take whatever money you're going to go buy food at the store with. Let's say you got 20 bucks. Huh? You go to the store with 20 bucks and you buy fruits and vegetables that you like 
in the organic section, fruits and veggies with seeds in them is very important. And you eat those fruits and veggies, or maybe it's a spud, maybe it's a potato. You take some of that and you go online and you ask the question, how do I propagate or grow this type of food in this zone? Now, sometimes the food doesn't grow in your zone. There's certain types. It's all based on zone and what's typically growing in your zone already. Pick the right foods that grow in your zone. Go online, figure out how to do it. My point of saying that is you don't need any money to start your own garden. And you don't even need land. You can start on a deck. You can start in a closet. You can start on a kitchen countertop. You can start growing food. And the plants will be the most incredible teachers. So that's for somebody who wants to DIY it and maybe is on tight on budget. For those who want to speed up time, then we have created an entity called Food Forest Abundance. It's foodforestabundance.com. And people can go on and they can chat with one of our professional designers and our install network. And you can have your yard designed or your space, whether it be a church or a school. We're designing for prisons and orphanages, backyards, community centers, all any land can be designed with permaculture principles to be incredibly beautiful and productive and raise the value of the land incredibly. And We offer a 30-minute free strategy session with one of our professional growers. So anybody can go on, talk for free with one of our professionals, and then take the next steps according to their desires. Wow, fantastic. Here's what I heard. I heard step one is a conscious decision to live in abundance and to want to live poison-free of your body, of your mind, from the poisons that we're getting in the food right now. So to live that way, the conscious decision. And if you want that, then if you're going to do it yourself, you can do it yourself the way Jim just described and use YouTube. And if you want help doing it with professionals, then we can call you firstabundance.com and have a free call with someone on your team. That's what I'm hearing so far. Well, Jim, I love everything I'm hearing, and I'm also not a farmer, and I have trouble keeping up cutting my grass in my yard. So if I were to have someone come and build a food forest, first of all, what is a food forest? And if I have trouble cutting my grass, how can I manage some type of food that I'm growing at home? Make it easy for me because I want to do it, and I'm a little bit scared. I mean, I kill a cactus when I have it in my home on my shelf. So help me with understand and make it easier, please. I love it, Matt. When I walk outside right now at my house at Galt's Landing, where we're completely off grid, by the way, there's another website, it's galtslanding.farm. And we have an off grid community with Airbnbs so people can come and experience what we're talking about. We have over 230 different varieties of edible plants growing on our property, and almost all of them are perennials. I can walk outside at any time. And I can gather a basket full of food in five or 10 minutes that has five or six or even 10 different types of food for my family to eat. We have cows and chickens and ducks and turkeys and fish and bees with honey, all sorts of different varieties, plus all of the edible fruits, veggies, sweet potatoes, yucca, turmeric, all of it. Anything you can name, we probably have it growing. And it is less maintenance, infinitely less maintenance than a lawn. It's like literally living in the Garden of Eden where you just walk around and there's food everywhere and you take what you want. Now, somebody in Minnesota might only have a harvest for five months a year, right? But that's great because the harvest is so incredible during those last few months of summer that you can harvest enough to store all winter long. Got it. 
you're putting to rest some of my natural fears about my own inadequacy in keeping the lawn, because this is not the same as the lawn. This will keep itself. And also, I just want to comment, I love the idea of Galt's Landing. It reminds me of chapter 17 in one of my favorite books, Atlas Shrugs. Love that. Okay, good. I want to ask about what are the things that are still holding us back? I'm interested in doing this and I don't know what to do next. I still have some reservation to commit to it. What might you say to the person who's on the bench who likes the idea, but they're just a little bit afraid or hesitant to take action? Yeah, this is the ultimate mind control. The idea that the world is scarce and that we should be in fear. The next step is visit a food forest. You can visit me at Gauls Landing or find one near you. And I'll give you a simple example that everybody can recognize. Think of one apple tree. You put one apple tree in the ground, and if you do it properly, and you put a guild around that apple tree, which is a community of plants that support each other, right? And you want your nitrogen fixers, your beneficial insect attractors, your chop and drop plants, you want your ground cover, you want it done in a way where it drains well. So if you put that tree in the ground properly, you can have a dozen other raspberries and blueberries and blackberries and different kinds of pollinators and stuff around that tree. And it'll be a happy environment. And that apple tree will go up in value massively and it will produce forever for you. Now we just scale that. So now instead of just one apple tree, you got three different types of apple trees and you got two different types of pear trees and three different types of plums and so on and so on and so on. Mulberries and all the different berries. My buddy in northern Minnesota has eight types of kiwi growing on his property. The next step is to decide and then start planting seeds. And it's so much fun and enjoy the process. What we're asking people to do at scale is to have fun with life again and enjoy the creation and manifestation of the good. I love it. I love it, Jim. We know where to find you at foodforestabundance.com. Where are the other social media places or other resources that we might use just to get more education and find out more about what we're doing here? So we're on all sorts of social media at Food Forest Abundance. I do want to share, I sat down with Bobby Kennedy one-on-one last Friday, and I shared with him the solution. I said, Bobby, what I'm going to share with you now is a campaign strategy that I've created that will not only win the election, but it will solve all of the world's biggest problems, mass extinction, deforestation, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, it'll end world hunger, and it will end tyranny. And he looked at me and he said, okay, show me. And I showed him and he said, I'm in. It absolutely blew his mind, the simplicity of it. And here it is. By the way, I'm not for any politicians. I'm for policy. I do not advocate for any politicians by themselves. I advocate for policy that will bring peace and abundance to our planet. So if Dr. Shiva wanted to do this as well, and Trump and Marianne Williams, They're all invited. Everybody's invited because this is the idea whose time has come stronger than all of the armies of the world. And when we come together and we take the poisons out and grow food instead of lawns, we win. I laid out to him, imagine the optics and function of you at a school surrounded by kids and you guys are learning permaculture and your big claim is that you're going to take all of the poisons out of the school lunches and the school land and you're going to reverse the trends of childhood depression and diabetes and big pharma use. And he just went, wow. Then I said, you want to reduce crime by more than 50% in the next four years? Here's exactly how you do it. Make your campaign strategies where you're at prisons 
every few months. And the prisoners are growing their own food. And this has been done before. And as a result of the prisoners participating in growing their own food, the recidivism rates have went down over 60% in those prisons. Absolutely proven. And then I went into the city parks. I'll give you one quick example. I'm from Florida. So imagine if Ron DeSantis spent 5% of the Florida state budget, which is over $90 billion on what I'm talking about, over four years, 5% would be $18 billion. That equals $18,001 million food forest installations in the state of Florida alone. That's every school. That's every prison. That's every city park. Now we just turned every opportunity zone into the Garden of Eden. That would create the healthiest state in the world in a very short amount of time. The recidivism rates, all the kids, everybody would win massively, right? So we have the infrastructure. We have everything needed to transform the world like that. Wow. We just need someone courageous enough to do it and to stand up to BlackRock. That's where this started. And that is the 800-pound gorilla in the room that is going to try to stop this. They don't have a choice. They can't. This is above them. This is a frequency. It's an energy that is above them. They can't touch it. This Mm. is stronger than all of the armies and evil of the world. It is communing with God and nature and source again. And then doing good service is the ultimate protection. Man, so I'm going to study permaculture. I'm going to reach out for my 30-minute professional grower consultation at foodforestabundance.com. And we know where to find you on social media. And we know that there's still possibility you might keep getting censored, right? But we know where to find you and you plan the seed here today. It's been a real pleasure. I've got a couple last questions. Ding, ding, ding. We're in the lightning round now, Jim. So I got a couple questions to wrap things up. And one of those might be this. If there is a book or a number of books that have been inspirational, that have helped you to learn, if you're a reader, then what might be a book or three that have given you and, and filled up your cup? Napoleon Hill was commissioned to study the most successful minds in the history of the world. He wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich, in which he deducted that whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. That's powerful. Sit with that for a second. Think and Grow Rich is one of them. And uh, Hawkins, Power Versus Force where Dr. David Hawkins talks about the frequency and the energy of humanity and the individual to the country. It's absolutely amazing. And gosh, there's so many more. What are the other ones that are on the top? But those are two great ones. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll ask you this. Is there a music or a genre or a musician, a song that really inspires you and fills your bucket there, Jim? We were just had an event called The Path to Freedom. One of my partners is friends with Jimmy Levy. I love some of his songs. Brad, Five Times August. He's got an album out that's absolutely phenomenal. I love people who are courageous enough to stand up against the machine and sing about it. We need to create art. We need to create a movement that brings in all of the arts to demonstrate the possibilities of peace on earth. Wow. Wow. Last question, Jim. Our name of our show is the Eternal Optimist Podcast. When I say the words eternal optimist, what might that mean to you? It means that anything is possible and that we are stepping into the golden age. 
the age of enlightenment. We are in the apocalypse now, which means lifting the veil. This is the ascension or expansion of human consciousness. This is the great awakening. We're in the greatest opportunity in the history of humanity right now.